Welcome to the Health on Track podcast. Let's talk well-being. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Health on Track podcast by GIG Gulf, offering you a shot of wellness. My name is Noor. I'm a regional health and well-being manager at GIG Gulf. Our topic today is very specific and extremely important. It's about men's health. And I have here today with me Dr. Hassan. He's the consultant family medicine at King's College Hospital. With over 16 years experience, he's passionate about providing high quality evidence-based patient-centered holistic healthcare for family members of all ages and keeping up to date with the latest research and treatment guidelines. In addition to his clinic activity, Dr. Hassan has a keen interest in health promotion, preventative medicine, and mental health. I'm very glad to have you, Dr. Hassan, today. I'm very excited for such an important topic. How are you today? I'm okay, thank you. Thanks very much for having me with you today on this topic. So the episode's title today is Instruction Manual to Men's Health, and this is exactly what we want to offer. We have actually spoken to several men to decide the approach of this episode and uh, they all agreed on tell me what I need to do so I can follow it or give me the instruction manual or I don't know from where to start. So Dr. Hassan, what do men need to maintain their health? Not only I think the physical and mental health, both of them and I think I will start with the physical health part where uh, to ask you what are the most common disease amongst men uh, and how they can prevent it. Thank you so much. That's a really important question. So if we think about the most common or the most important conditions that affect men, um, the first thing we can sort of think about is what is the number one killer in, in men? And that is actually cardiovascular disease. So things like heart attacks and stroke. And what we find is actually 25% of men, so a quarter of all men, actually die due to a heart attack. So if you think about it, that's a large number. Um, and the reason we are concerned about this is because in 50% of cases, in half of cases, men don't actually have any previous symptoms. So it just comes on suddenly. Um, and as you can imagine, there are many things that can uh, sort of predispose people or men towards having cardiovascular disease. So things like smoking, uh, drinking excessive alcohol, being overweight, not exercising enough, having a poor diet, or even generally things like high stress levels and things like that. So cardiovascular disease is the number one sort of thing to think about. The next uh, condition that's really important to talk about is of course prostate cancer. Uh, now, prostate cancer is the most common cancer in men. The good news is that most men don't actually die from prostate cancer, they die with prostate cancer. So it's usually due to something like uh, a complication from it or due to something else entirely. Nevertheless, it's still a cancer, so it's very important for us to consider this. If we take the UK, for example, about one and a half million new cases are diagnosed per year. That's a huge number. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, we can think about the risk factors. So what are the things that men might have that pose them to an increased risk of developing prostate cancer? Well, things like being overweight or obesity. Family history is also very important. So if there's a relative who's had it before, we find prostate cancer is slightly uh, more prominent or more common in men who are from an Asian or black ethnic minority, like uh, ethnic sort of ethnicity. Um, and also um, uh, uh, things like smoking as well can predispose to it. What are the symptoms of prostate cancer? What do we need to kind of look out for? 
So if someone is noticing blood in their semen or blood in their urine, or they're getting a deep pain in their pelvis, or even if they're suffering from something like erectile dysfunction, um, or they're having problem voiding urine, so difficulty passing urine, you know, we say unable to hit the wall anymore, you know, so a reduction in their stream, those are things that can sometimes point towards a potential could be something else, but potentially a cancer of the prostate. Now, what men can do as well is think about health checks. It's really important. I'm going to keep kind of battering this message throughout this episode, I think, health checks. And when it comes to the prostate uh, gland, what we talk about is PSA, blood testing. And the PSA is basically a protein that comes from the prostate gland, and it can usually go up in level when somebody has a cancer of the prostate. Now, the thing to say is that a high prostate, uh, a high PSA doesn't always necessarily mean a cancer because it's not a very good test. But it's an indicator. It's an indicator. Yeah, exactly. And usually we, we com combine it with ultrasound scans as well to kind of, uh, kind of make a big picture as to whether this is a, a problem or not. Now, the key thing to say is, for, for men listening to this, is that we don't put fingers and bottoms anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, a lot of men may be put off from even going to the doctor or raising concerns because of, you know, perceived misconceptions. This was something that we used to do in the past. A lot of studies have shown that actually, even in the best trained hands, this kind of examination, which is now a very old examination, is not a very good one because things can be missed with it. So. Don't worry about that. We're not going to be doing that. <laughs> um, so moving on from prostate cancer, the next thing to talk about is colorectal cancer, which is another big one. And what we find is around 40% of men over the age of 75 are usually, you know, end up, can end up being diagnosed with something like colorectal cancer. The problem here is that by the time it's diagnosed, unfortunately, it's usually at an advanced stage. advanced stage. Exactly. So we need to be thinking early in terms of screening for it and also thinking about what the symptoms are. So things like unexplained weight loss, if someone's losing a significant amount of weight over a few months, six months without dieting or exercise, like, you know, why is my clothes suddenly getting too big for me? You know, okay. Do you think that we need to wait for symptoms to do check or there are specific health screenings that they have yeah, to do absolutely. regardless? Yeah, there is a health screen for this and this is now called the FIT test or FIT test, a fecal immunochemical test. And what that is, is looking for a microscopic amount of blood in the stools. So we usually recommend this to start from around the age of 50. Uh, in some health packages we offer at King's, we start earlier than that because we want to be picking these things up earlier. So again, don't be worried about going straight for a camera because people may be thinking, oh, I've got to have a camera. And that's uh, uh, you know, a bit of an uncomfortable thing to have. But actually, we don't go straight to that. We do this FIT test, which is a lot easier. Uh, there's newer technology coming out uh, as well in the future, which is going to be even better than this. Um, but essentially, if the FIT test is positive, then we decide to do the camera investigation. But then you might ask, well, what are the risk factors for colorectal cancer? You might be interested to find that actually the most common uh, or most, most highly linked factor to developing colorectal cancer is actually having a very low fiber diet. So 30 out of every 100 cases of colorectal cancer are linked to having low fiber in the diet. Other things are things like red or processed meat. Exactly. Um, so we find around 13 out of every 100 cases are linked to that. Um, smoking and alcohol, so smoking around 7 out of every 100 cases and alcohol, 6 out of every 100 cases linked to colorectal cancer. And finally, being overweight. So the key thing is screening, um, but uh, in, and not waiting for symptoms to develop, you know, thinking about going and seeing your doctor, your family doctor to get that screening done. The next condition to think about is um, testicular cancer. Whilst it's not the most common form of cancer in men, it's still a very important one. We talk about breast uh, examination for, for ladies, so you know, why are we not talking about testicular self-examination as well? 
The actual statistics around one in 250 men will have testicular cancer in their lifetime. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because it's a cancer of young men. The average age at diagnosis is 33. Um, and 8% is diagnosed in children, around 6% is diagnosed over the age of 50. So um, it's, it is a cancer of the young. And um, the good news is that the, the five-year survival is actually still quite good. It's more than 95% of people surviving more than five years with, with treatment. But it all relies on men taking responsibility for their health and actually looking for the signs. And awareness. Uh, today, for example, uh, I'm, I'm happy to share as well, uh, my father, he, uh, he had the colon cancer and because it's in my family. Uh, I started to do the test uh, when I uh, reached 30. Yes. And they found polyps and it was one of the, yeah, exactly. So uh, as long as you're in the right direction, you're doing your screenings on time. Yeah. I don't think you need to fear of anything. Absolutely. So things like family history is really important for men to consider. So coming back to testicular cancer, if your brother has testicular cancer, the chances of you having it is about eight to times, eight to 10 times higher. Right. If your father has testicular cancer, the risk is around four to six times higher. So family history is the most important, as you said with your father, the most important um, thing to consider. Another condition is a taboo subject that's a bit of a stigma associated with it. Men don't like to talk about it uh, or even come to talk to doctors about it, which is why I'm talking about it here, because people can listen to it in their own privacy, is erectile dysfunction. Yeah. Now, erectile dysfunction isn't just about you know, uh, sexual relations. Actually, it's, it's actually much more important than that, because Erectile dysfunction is associated with a 1.5 times higher risk of cardiovascular disease. So we're talking about heart attacks and things like that. And actually when somebody has erectile dysfunction, the chances are that if they have risks, it can actually precede a heart attack by three to five years. So you can see why it's really important. We take it much more seriously than it just being to do with sexual relations. Um, so what can you expect when you see your doctor about this? Well, obviously do your blood pressure, check sugar, the cholesterol, we do a cardiovascular risk assessment and offer a PSA test. Remember, as I said earlier, it could be a sign of prostate cancer as well. And there are treatments available for it. We also got to think about the psychological aspects to it. You know, whether it's, you know, relationship difficulties, uh, mental health problems, depression, anxiety, as well as alcohol misuse. Finally, going on my trail from that topic is mental health. Exactly. You know, mental health is a huge area when yeah. it comes to men's health. And the reason is because uh, I think it's very underreported. I think the actual prevalence of mental health dis uh, disorders amongst men is actually a lot higher than we anticipated is. And that's the, re the reason is because men generally like to contain things and not talk about it. Um, but we can talk about that a little bit later exactly. as well. Going back to the uh, physical health, are there any, any unique health considerations for men as they age? And how can they prepare for it? So the first thing I'll talk about is weight management. Once men pass the age of uh, 40 years of age, uh, naturally your metabolism begins to decline and becomes much more difficult to retain muscle mass. So the message is when you've hit 40, double your time <laughs> in the gym and take more, more charge in terms of your health. Uh, it, is, it, is, it does become more difficult to kind of to keep those gains. Um, and so it's important not to lose what you've gained in your youth as you go forward because it becomes much easier. So weight management is important in terms of the gym, thinking about your diet um, and, and regular exercise. The next thing is in terms of cognition. So um, memory starts to kind of wade after about 50. So keeping uh, you know social interactions going, keeping mentally connected, doing brain stimulating activities all the time is really important. Um, especially around here in the Gulf, I find a lot of men uh, 
uh, tend to feel a bit isolated because it's difficult to kind of maintain friendships and socialize because of long social hours and there's a very significant lack of me time. And this will have a huge impact. Huge impact, exactly. A lot of pressure is on, on men in general. So. Um, and then as we've said, things like prostate health, naturally some, some men's prostate can begin to enlarge, not talking about cancer, but things like benign prostatic hypertrophy is a condition where the prostate gets a bit bigger in size, can cause pressure symptoms. So thinking about prostate health in terms of you know, zinc supplements and being mindful of any symptoms. Cardiovascular health as well, we talked about keeping fit, keeping regular exercise going, at least three sessions of 30 minutes a week, and thinking about the diet, limiting alcohol, stopping smoking. Perfect. Um, and is there any supplements that they can embed in their daily routine? Absolutely. So when we talk about supplements, when I do health checks for men, one of the commonest deficiency I find, especially here in the Gulf, which is a surprise, bang on. Um, this is a, one of the sunniest places in the world and it's a surprise that I'm here telling you about vitamin D. We're hiding from the sun. Absolutely. It's aggressive, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I could easily tell you to go and spend 20 minutes in the sun, but you've got to expose areas of your body that don't normally get exposed. Yeah. So the face, the hands, yeah, there's no point. Exactly. It's got to be, you know, um, and uh, it's very, very highly prevalent. And the impact of vitamin D deficiency, I think, is probably more than we realize. So things like impact on immunity, low energy levels, and generally low overall well-being. So vitamin D is important. Um, I would recommend people have things like 10,000 units once a week or 50,000 units once a month. But it's a fat-soluble vitamin, you've got to have it with food. If you take vitamin D on an empty stomach, then it doesn't get absorbed. The next thing is um, zinc. Zinc is important for the reproductive system. And it's also important for immunity, especially in the Gulf. As you said, we're indoors, air conditioning, frequent coughs and colds. Yeah. You know, our immunity is really important to try and combat against this. Magnesium. I think magnesium is like the the big hot topic at the moment. It's like the cure for all. That's, I think it's prevent, preventing you from cardiovascular diseases, right? Yes, absolutely. So the, the, the benefits of magnesium are things like helping sleep. Uh, there is evidence that it can help you get into restful sleep quicker and prolongs uh, sort of good quality sleep at night. It also helps to uh, prevent muscle cramps. And especially talking about men, when a lot of men are going into the gym, have generally higher muscle mass than women. I think magnesium is much more, more, more important as well. Help them to heal, I think, faster. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, what we also know is things like um, omega-3 fatty acids as well. I think to summarize, vitamin D, zinc, magnesium and omega-3. Omega-3 because as we've said, cardiovascular disease is the biggest uh, issue when it comes to men's health and trying to combat high cholesterol levels and improve our lipid so profile. we're talking about vitamin D, zinc, magnesium. And omega-3. Omega-3. Omega-3 so omega can be, you can get that as uh, like cod liver oil capsules or just having two portions of fresh fish a week like salmon freshly cooked uh, uh, twice a week is really good with natural fatty fish oils. It has actually got a uh, lot of uh, psycho superfood basically benefits for your health. Uh, I'm going to ask you about uh, one of the biggest pillars of men's health, which is mental health. So in your opinion, why uh, you think that suicide rate is higher among men, even though depression and anxiety rates are higher in women? Absolutely. This is uh, the tip of the iceberg, I think, because what we find is that where the, whereas the incidence of depression in women is around one in four, the incidence of depression in men is around one in eight. So it's, men are twice as, twice as less likely to become depressed, but four out of every five suicides are committed by men. So you see there is a big disparity here between men and women in terms of um, 
the consequences for, for, for men in terms of sort of ill health. And the reason I think this is really important is because, as I've said before, men are more likely to contain their feelings. You know, there's this whole idea of being macho, masculine, I've got to appear strong all the time, not show any weakness. I've got to be the, you know, the, the, the benchmark for the family, keeping everything together. They still have this challenge of not speaking or seeking help for psychological issues. Yeah, 100 percent. As a man, to, I think, in general, open up about your feelings, like even to your wife or sometimes to friends, family, because of the stigma potentially associated with that. And nothing has changed. You know, I think we're still we still have this issue. Um, and men, remember, are very good at kicking their can down the road and delaying things yes. and just saying, oh, I'll just be fine and, you know, don't worry about it. I'll just sleep it off and I'll be fine in the morning. But actually, in, in, in some cases, that actually isn't true. Uh, and the reason we worry about mental health in men is because um, uh, when we think about why answering our question as to why the suicide rate is higher is because men are more likely to take more aggressive action or take more risk when it comes to, you know, dealing with their emotions. Uh, men are more likely to um, do things that are potentially going to cause them more harm than women potentially do. Um, and the other thing is that um, men don't present to doctors as much as women. We know that from surveys, 50% of men are less likely to visit their doctor compared to women for any health condition. So it's very important for us to raise the awareness uh, profile of this, the idea that, uh, you know, uh, we've got to man up. Actually, we've got to speak up rather than man up. That's the message I want to... It was reported that men uh, experience even stigma around taking medicine for depression or having therapy. Although others found that having a clear diagnosis and treatment plan was beneficial for them because it validated their experiences and concerns. So yes, it's 100%. They have to speak up. They have to, to share their feelings. And the, the message I want to get across, especially in family medicine, you know, we are trained uh, not to treat medical problems, but we are trained to talk. Yes. Uh, you know, my training, I was trained in the UK, and I would say around 60% of my training as a family medicine consultant is it actually about trying to make patients comfortable and trying to listen and trying to, you know, establish that rapport with, with the person and uh, to look at helping that person in the context of their social life, their working life, their family life, and to try and, you know, um, act as a health advocate for that person. And I think when it comes to men, it is really important for men to feel comfortable about going to visit their family doctor to kind of discuss those issues that they have concerns about in a safe place, um, you know, where, where potentially they can come back to and have that support if they're not able to get that support elsewhere. You know, we live in a very, very um, uh, cutthroat environment in the Gulf. I think, you know, jobs, high stakes, uh, you wouldn't want to show yourself being weak. Uh, you want to keep that performance at the max. You know, uh, the my next question was how was culture contributed to men uh, dis disregarding their health, yeah. both mentally and physically? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it goes back to everything I've been saying. And I think um, this this uh, idea that, um, you know, men are the pillar for the family are, you know, generally the, the patients that I'm seeing are, are like managers, executives, you know, high flying yeah. professionals. And the, the, the issue we find is that um, with, with kind of stressful work life, it's difficult sometimes to get adequate sleep, especially if you're, you know, flying all the time on planes around the Gulf yeah. um, and trying to optimize your life to get that best balance for your me time, family time and work time and keeping it all together. And I think there's a lot on men's plate that we don't really fully appreciate all the time. The other thing is that men 
are generally less likely to present classic symptoms of anxiety or depression. Whereas a woman is more likely to go and talk to you about everything, you know, get it all off her chest, maybe cry, emotional, be, you'd be much more sort of, um, you'll be able to read a woman a little more easier than a man. Men tend to be a lot more conservative about their feelings. They may be talking to you about something entirely different, but at the root of it, there is a whole other thing going on that we need to try and help them with. 100%. Uh, Dr. Hassan, if there is one piece of advice that you want to share uh, with men today, what would it be? Um, I think it's a quote, um, and it's uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound in cure. This is a quote from Benjamin Franklin, uh, which was quoted in 1736, uh, whilst he was addressing the people of, Calif of Philadelphia uh, around fire awareness and prevention. This gentleman actually, Benjamin Franklin, was very obese and he actually died later on because of obesity-related complications, diabetes and heart disease. So it's a bit ironic that whilst he was talking about prevention, that in himself, you know, he had those health conditions that could have been prevented much earlier on. The idea, that the message I want to get across is that trying to pick up and detect health issues at their very earliest is the biggest investment that one can make into their future. You know, men kind of look after their cars and their motorbikes, they'll spend money on, you know, MOTs and servicing them and oiling them and cleaning them and stuff. But what about, you know, our, what about our health? We've also got to be doing the same. So the key message is uh, to try and proactively look after your health. And the best way by doing this is to go and do a health check. Exactly. Visit your family medicine consultant like myself and, you know, do a health check. We offer a variety of health checks uh, at King's uh, based on people's ages. Absolutely. Um, and the, the, the benefit of doing this is that in there, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of clear, uh, positive environment where we can uncover all sorts of issues happening at that moment in time and work on them together as a partnership between a doctor and a patient. And be able to give personalized, individualized advice to the patient regarding exercise, regarding sleep, regarding diet, uh, to put people on the right track. And ultimately, the goal is to try and give men the longest, happiest, healthiest life going forward. Thank you so much, Dr. Hassan, for being here today and for all the information and points that you shared. I really do believe that this is one of the most underrated topics in the society. I'm very glad that we cover it. Gentlemen, we did our part today and we shared that manual. It's your turn to follow it. Our upcoming episode is another hot topic for the gentlemen and the ladies, communication and self-care. Make sure you tune it to know how communication will help you to take care of yourself. We're available on YouTube, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you everyone and have a lovely day.